welcome to Lioness Podcast with me, your host, Jane Lyon. That's me. (laughs) Oh my goodness, you guys. I am so excited to be here again sharing this week's episode with you. And honestly, like this episode today is a masterclass on connection. It is a masterclass on connection. So I don't know. I don't know. I know a lot of you like to take notes on my podcasts. Like get out your notebook, take notes. If you are looking for how to like um, make friends, (laughs) I know I've been making a lot of podcasts about this subject, but like today I found you the expert on how to connect. And I I knew she was an expert, but I didn't know what to what level she was going to deliver us so much good information. So today I have a guest host, Alex Friedman. She is the co-founder of Connection Feast, which is this really cool organization up in Seattle that's also virtual. It's also online. That's all about creating authentic connections. So guess where I met Alex? On the Authentic Relating Retreat in Joshua Tree. And she and I clicked so fast. And then after that, you know, I got to watch what she's doing online. And I was just like, girl, come talk to my audience about what you're doing. Especially because I know I got a lot of homies up in the PNW. I know I have so many of you specifically in Seattle. So like, go meet Alex, please. She's so cool. Go get in her circle. Like, she's just an incredible person with so much brightness, so much energy, so much intelligence, so much love. And I just loved this conversation with her today. So seriously, take notes, get ready, get inspired. And by the end of this episode, if you are not ready to go and say hello and smile to every single person that you meet outside, then I have failed you. (laughs) Then I have failed you. Uh, but yeah, um, there's something else I wanted to talk about just quickly for my locals, for my SLC locals, but also if you're not a local, you can still be a part of this because I'm still live streaming it every week. So as many of you know, I've opened this new studio downtown Salt Lake City called the White Cloud Studio. And every Wednesday night at 6.30 p.m., I have my meditation circle, which is just, again, people coming together, circling up, sitting together, meditating together, healing together, chatting together, all of that beautiful stuff. Um, It's just a a quick hour of connection. And as I tell my spacious oasis guests, you know, it's that that weekly dose to tap in, to connect um, with yourself and with your community. So we're doing that every Wednesday down at the White Cloud. That's at 40 North, 800 West. Um, But This week, this Wednesday, June 1st, to celebrate the beginning of summer, my dear friend Annie O'Flynn and I are having a sound bath. Ooh, we're having a sound healing event. So June 1st at 6.30 p.m. um, this Wednesday at the White Cloud, we are going to be basically blissing you all the fuck out. 
So Annie is just one of my very favorite people in town. She is such a gifted sound healer, and she and I have been working together for so long. I have done so many Reiki sessions on her, and I have gotten to be in so many of her sound healing sessions. I love those friendships where the healing energy goes back and forth, but really what Annie and I have discovered we love to do is is working together where I'll guide the meditation, she'll bring in the sound, I'll bring in the Reiki, and then we both love to sing. We love to use our voices to create that beautiful vibration. And if you've never just laid on the floor and let a gong, Tibetan bowls, chimes, bells, singing bowls, voices, all of the things that we have. And I'm going to be walking around offering hands-on Reiki. If you've never had hands-on Reiki before, if you've never had that kind of hands-on touch, you're going to love that. Also, just being together in a community. And it's going to be the first sound healing that we have at the White Cloud. And I cannot wait to hear how the acoustics of this place are. That's another thing I'm really looking forward to. And seeing how many people we can fit into this place also. It's it's a pretty big studio. So um, if you're interested in coming and joining us, the sign-up is in the show notes. Sign-ups will be necessary. Space is limited. We don't want to pack the place. We want to fill it comfortably. And um, yeah, so if you're, you know, if you've never done a sound healing, if you've never just laid in a room and just let the vibrations wash over you, if you've never felt the pleasure of that, you got to. I invite you. This is one of the assignments I give my students on our throat chakra healing chapter is to go to a sound bath and experience what pure vibration and frequency do to your energy and to your body. So we're going to do that this week. Sign up with the link in the show notes or send me a message if you want to come invite a friend, invite a couple of friends. It's going to be amazing. I can't wait to invite you into the White Cloud Studio. Other than that, you guys, as always, you can come hang out with me in my Sunrise membership. I have so many plans for my Sunrise yogis this summer. And of course, the new round of Sanctuary will be coming soon. So if you want to get onto the waitlist for that to make sure you're in my next uh, Chakra Healing group coaching program, then go ahead and sign up for that. Um, other than that, I did open my Akashic Records uh, b- booking list. The waitlist is over, thank God. But the sad thing is that the waitlist comes back very quickly. So I will also put the link to buy a, re- a records package with me or to just buy a drop-in reading. I am offering drop-in readings again. Um, but that that's what I mean. It, it's going to book up so fast and then I'm going to be overwhelmed and then I'm going to have to put it on a waitlist again. So if you're wanting a reading with me this summer, like anytime this summer, I would get on that, grab the link in the show notes. And I just, I just feel so excited to hang out with all of you guys. Like, I feel so excited that not only do I have this completely thriving online community, online business, but now I get to build my in-person community again. And after Spacious Oasis, I'm just like, you guys, I am the happiest girl in the world. I have the best life. My job is the best job ever. Like, I get to hang out with the coolest clients today. I get to teach my meditation class today. I get to give Akashic Records readings today. I get to take my little sister out to lunch today. What do you get to do today? 
I want you to think to yourself like, I get to do this today. I get to be this person today. I get to. I get to be alive today. I get to breathe. I get to feel the sunshine on my face. <sighs> okay, you guys, I think that that is enough. I'm going to get out of y'all's way and let this beautiful conversation with Alex take over. You're going to fall in love with her. Get ready. I'll see you on the other side. host Jane Lyon. I'm so excited today because I get to connect with a friend who is a new friend. We only, uh, you know, hung out for a weekend, um, but we, we clicked very quickly and I've been very excited to have you on the show and pick your brain. This is Alex Friedman, everyone, also known as, you know, one of the, uh, one of the founders of Connection Feast. So, we're going to get into all of that, but I just want to start by saying the way that I that I see Alex is meeting her immediately. It was like, oh, most confident, bright person in the room, easily. And you're immediately like, I want to know more. And then just so vulnerable. Like the things that you shared with me about your journey, right off the bat, I was like, wow, this is confusing because you're such a powerful, like boss lady, like solo woman thing. You got this independent like glow going on. But then there was this like deep vulnerability within you that almost came first. And I was like, whoa, this is such a paradox. I'm fascinated. So that's kind of the way that I um, projected my perception onto you when I first met you. And I would love to let you share yourself Tell us about yourself. Who are you today, Alex? I might be someone totally different. I have so many parts within me. There's, although there is a very strong part that loves um, meeting new people like Jane and the opportunity to create um, these little moments of connection like we had, you know, these little frozen moments in time that add up to be life. Um, as you said, I am a founder. Um, I am a creator. I am an artist. I am a social uh, diva, perhaps. Um, (laughs) I'm an athlete and creative writer. I feel like we are all so dynamic. And um, there are so many parts to each of us. And I have fully embraced that within myself to be my own little community. (laughs) Um, And I think for me, always craving, you know, and longing for the opportunity to have deep, meaningful connection in my life, even since I was younger, um, really came to a, uh, like a, like a trailhead, came to a moment in time when I was about 36 and moved to back to Seattle, where I was born. That was after being away for 18 years. So, you know, gone for 18 years, left when I was 18. It was like a totally different person. And when I came back, to be honest with you, I was avoiding it. I was Mm -hmm. avoiding Seattle area because um, 
I don't know why. I just thought it would mean that I was a failure to go back, quote unquote, home. Mm. And that is why I did go. I wanted to re-meet that little girl that I left so long ago. I wanted to really deeply connect with her and find out what were some of the things that she wanted to do with her life. And when I came back to Seattle, I started working at a corporate job and I was not happy and I was longing deep connection and I was single. And Seattle is known for this thing called the Seattle freeze. And I decided this would not be something in my life. And so this craving of deep connection and craving for really finding myself um, allowed me to channel my deepest desires of wanting to kind of create my own little party mm. where I could find these deep connections and my own community. So I started launching these dinner parties with themes and I would meet people in super sidewalk, crosswalks, side, you know, the gym, elevators, random Facebook groups. And I would invite them to this dinner party that I would host monthly. Wow. And through that, I started to have the deeper connections, these little moments like you and me, you know, that like we shared. And I saw what I had been craving, the desire to create something bigger, but that's something I could be a part of, the desire to like, hmm former in a sense of facilitating, but also present and mm -hmm. open. So who am I? I am like all of this. I am like the story that's currently going and the story I've created. And then I am a entrepreneur, someone who has been starting some company since I was 22. But the, the birth of Connection Feast itself came from very personal desire of feeling lonely, wanting connection, looking for myself and going and fixing my own problem that I think a lot of us can relate to. Mm -hmm. And the beauty of that is such that not only did I find what I was looking for in a sense, um, I found myself. Perhaps the person I had been so scared to come back to mm -hmm. uh, all this time. So that, that is who I am. <laughs> you ask, it's not a short answer, right? But it is kind of a, a little story of who I am and how I got to this moment right now with Connection Feast. Mm -hmm. yeah. oh, I love that. And I feel like the, 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 the thing I want to extract from that is when you said you fixed your own problem. Because I feel like this is something that maybe needs to be preached or pushed out just a little bit more. You know, I wish someone were creating something like this. I wish my town had something like that. You know, we hear it all the time. And I just always want to like applaud people who are like, I want to see this. And I'm going to be brave enough, courageous enough. You know, it does take a lot of energy and bravery to put your like inviting someone on an elevator to a dinner party like <laughs> that sounds really hard you know and um i'm assuming that maybe it was a talent for you or was kind of fixing your own problem and going out after this was that easy for you did it come easily 
so many points you pointed out. Um, I do think that it is a talent of mine to initiate conversation and to connect with people. I have realized since, especially so, and I, I just want the, the whoever is listening to realize I'm 40. Um, <laughs> and um, like, I realize, and I'm pointing this out in the sense that it wasn't until this a few years ago, I realized how good of a talent this was for me and that not that, not that many people necessarily implemented it. Although I think all of us have it. And that is the implement that is to initiate mm. people being um, a talent and a skill rather. And, um, you know, doing that because all, all my life, cause I was craving these little uh, moments of connection with people. I was, I'm a deeply curious person. Um, I like to read people's body language. I like to learn about people. And I think that that has served me in many ways in my life, but perhaps not the way I wanted to all along, which was wanting to know more about these people. And so mm -hmm. it, it's a natural skill, but something I certainly had have had to push my own self to uh, cultivate even more through the last couple of years. And also rejection, um, mm. which comes in a lot of ways. It's not just like cornering someone on an elevator, which could make anybody <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, it's people saying yes and then not showing up or people saying yes and then saying no, or people just saying no, or you know, mm -hmm. all these different things that I, I didn't have as a skill, right? As a highly sensitive person, it's certainly wasn't me to be rejected. And I could, I could interpret rejection in many ways. So oh, yeah. this started as a natural curiosity and that has served me in a way that I could now look at the initiation that I do with people as just another way of being curious you know, and a skill to cultivate. So yes, to, to like that, it was something that naturally came to me, but what it didn't come to me was the bravery necessarily to put mm. myself out on a limb. And, and it's always kind of uncomfortable, you know, it's just like, I'm going to do it anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I totally feel you. I just, um, opened a brand new studio downtown and I'm just trying to get everybody back to the class that I used to teach, you know, and it's so funny how all of a sudden I'm like, I'm realizing I have to build up that confidence again to just, you know, remind my students and to bring it up and to make invitations and to not be embarrassed that like I have to recultivate that space and, and really make sure that it's known and I always tell everyone, like, you have to make the invitations. And I love how you made it more of an initiation of curiosity. Just like, hmm, I wonder. I wonder if they'd like to come play with us, you know? I love that. So, okay, before I go into more questions that I have specifically about what you said, I think that myself and the listeners are curious about, like, what happens at a connection feast? Is it just a dinner party or is it more than that? Great question. So the whole um, mission of Connection Feast is to help people spark deeper human connection. And it's a movement to do so. Mm. And once you are part of this experience, you are part of this movement. And it is part of your kind of, um, of course, 
you don't have to, but it's kind of the expectation that you will continue sparking deeper human connection, whether that means within yourself, on your own, through your own personal journey, or with other people. And when you come to a connection piece experience, our goal is to help spark that in you, in other people looking to do the same. So while we started out as a dinner party, like a potluck, and we evolved, I learned so much about the type of people that were coming to our events and also running a business. <laughs> and it helped me evolve the company in a way that could help serve this desire of, of helping people spark deeper connection with themselves and other people, as well as help them um, you know, continue that moving forward. So now we offer virtual experiences, deep conversations. They are highly curated. And the number one word we would use here is intentional. Mm. It's not just a meetup. It's not just a networking. It's That would be a bad word. These are, <laughs> in, in our space, these are extremely <laughs> intentional, like opportunities mm -hmm. to come to an event which has programming, uh, guided prompts, and ways for you to dig deeper within yourself and with other people and take an opportunity to learn um, in that time and then take that with you for reflection. So mm -hmm. whether it's an online deep uh, conversation, which we offer for anybody in, in the world to join, wow. or you know, in person right now in Seattle and then um, beyond soon, or mm -hmm. if you sign up to take one of our classes, they or work these are always going to be opportunities to learn about yourself within the presence of other people mm -hmm. and so that you can get tools and inspiration that you can then implement into your life immediately and hopefully for, for years to come. And whether somebody comes to an event, and, and, um, I guarantee that they leave in a different mood and inspired in many cases, new friends and community. And I think that's been such a beautiful offering for me to realize because there was this pressure of me feeling like people needed to leave with a bestie <laughs> a feast. But I, what I realized was that when I got feedback that people were learning so much, even by listening to other people and their experience, that it felt like they gained in a, in a weird, interesting way, like a connection with somebody that they didn't have before. It's they gave something to that person and, and, and that they didn't have before. And so when you come to a connection feast, it does make sense that if you're consistent, it will naturally help you build community within other consistent feasters. And this is true in any sort of activity or event you go to. Um, but if people come once in a while, that's also serves them because you'll learn a lot about yourself within the presence of others. And then you'll have a way to reach out to the people and, and have that common kind of um, event that you went to that you can relate to kind of like how you and I met. So mm. connection feast, like is solving a need of helping people just 
connect with other people who crave deeper conversations Mm -hmm. and deeper opportunities to be in the presence of other people with intention. If people want to go have at a bar or hang out, um, you know, like uh, at a beach, those are beautiful things in their own way. This is going to take instead a little bit more of a person's um, uh, focus and intentional with wanting to be there at that time. So I think that's a stark difference and and that people have been craving it and they just didn't know where to go. And perhaps I noticed as well, it's not a religious kind of group. This isn't (laughs) like a youth group. It isn't, um, it doesn't have any sort of religion element it doesn't have any sort of like undertone of trying to like take people in a certain direction. Everybody's welcome. All are welcome. Be real um, and let's support each other. And um, it's just a really beautiful way to spark, uh, I think, just like moments for people they didn't even realize that were possible when mm-hmm. you can gather around being very intentional. Mm-hmm. Oh. That sounds so amazing. It it's it's amazing what it feels like to be in a room of strangers, assuming that you know these events. Like you, you really don't know anyone there. Seattle's a pretty big city, and notice how it feels to show up in that space, knowing that that room of strangers is there with that intention of being there with you and like welcoming you authentically and. I, I've definitely had a lot of those experiences, but obviously my most recent one was at Authentic Relating. It was like, it was, and that was so different because we just like connection feast. We were there like so much to just like relate and connect. It was like 10 hour days of like talking and connecting and being vulnerable. And, um, and for me, it was just so amazing to notice just how it feels to be in a room of people that don't know who I am and noticing what kind of things want to come up and be shared that that was something that I found to be so fascinating and I just want to like emphasize and inspire anyone who's listening to go put yourself in one of those situations because I think it can kind of like refresh our identity a lot of times especially these days we're hanging out with the people we're the most comfortable with the people who have known us the longer Maybe we are in our hometowns where we, we feel like there's all this projection about who people think we are. And there's something so refreshing about just being in a new group of people and, and seeing what arises. And so my question from that for you is, I still get a little bit, like I think I'm so outgoing and I'll still sometimes like, if it's a new person and I know nothing about them, I'll literally just be like, I just have no idea what to ask you that isn't boring. I don't want to ask you where you're from. I don't want to ask you what you do. And I, I know that you're probably like the queen of this question. You know, how do we get to the point a little bit quicker? How do we deepen? Um, what are some of your tips for us? For us beginners who are scared to go back out in the world? Beautiful question. I think one of the coolest experiences I've had with Connection Feast is learning that majority of the people 
they come in, not all of them, but a majority of them are, would consider themselves introverts. Mm. And um, that was new for me. I definitely am considered an extrovert, although I do need time to replenish. Um, what's the difference in that? Well, you could put me in a room with a thousand people um, and I would have a great time like interrupting conversations and making myself uh, be known and, and finding ways to connect. But so it was a new experience for me to learn how to help other people, you know, in connecting deeper with other people in group environments like this. Mm -hmm. And there's a few things that I have, many things that I have learned. So we have personally with Connection Feast, it is very intentional to help support that, but it's not necessarily called out. It's just created in such a way that helps support that. So what are ways to do that when you're not at Connection Feast? Number one, it is it does take practice. And if we do not practice some of these skills, we will always be wondering and a little bit self-conscious. But I will say, mm. even as an extrovert myself, and I mentioned this earlier, I still have a little ping of nervousness. And that's mm. because we can't or I can't control how somebody else responds. So mm. it's not always <laughs> recepted, you know, yeah. well. And that has nothing to do with me, even if that person said it was. So I want to point that out mm -hmm. because it is something of a skill, number one. And number two, we're not responsible for how the other person responds. And so the number one thing that I tell people is initiation. People just don't initiate. And I mean this in so many ways. Dropping into DMs is an initiation. Doesn't hardly happens in a very authentic, intentional way, right? Um, and so I'm gonna just pause and say, you must initiate. And the only way to feel more comfortable doing it is by practice, but it doesn't have to be super like over the top. So what are ways we can initiate conversation with people in small little ways throughout our life, throughout our day that allow us to get that practice. So in situations where we want to connect with somebody deeper, um, we have kind of a little bit more um, gusto, you know, and confidence to do so. So ways to do that are through body language, initiating if you're on an elevator, saying hello even is a great start eye contact for a little bit longer, a smile, you know, rolling our shoulders back, body language, walking into a room with a smile, um, not wearing sunglasses, you know, not wearing <laughs> earphones, making more contact with people and being observant is a great way to start revving this up if you're really nervous. And now I know mm -hmm. I'm starting not giving you exactly what you asked for, but I, because it's because I know. This is great, yeah. Okay, it's because I know that if I were to tell you this list of questions to ask people, which I do have on social and <laughs> many in my pocket, I know for a fact that many people listening right now wouldn't necessarily even ask those questions because it's, it's going from zero to a thousand mm. and there's some initial steps. So having the ability to push ourselves to take these small little 
what might feel like risks and change how we're interacting with people through our daily activities is actually a really great way to start. Mm. And that means, yeah, the eye contact, the hellos, and you ever walk past someone, they smile at you, but you didn't catch it, (laughs) didn't catch it in time. And so like, you didn't smile back. And then you're like over, like you walk past and you're like, damn, they were cute. And I didn't (laughs) smile back. And like, part of me wants to run back and be like, run back in front of them and be like, I'm sorry. I I just wanted to smile back because this is going to eat me up all day. Um, but I didn't come about to tell you. And, and I was just like thinking I was such a, like, how could I miss that? Like, all right, That's listen, so funny. be that person that smiles mm-hmm. at someone mm-hmm. like yeah. that catches someone off guard. And, 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 and then also that, you know, you see, you know, that body language, they're a little surprised mm-hmm. and it, and it can impact their day. Those on your daily walk in the grocery store, at the gym, at yoga, you know, this is a little micro things we can do to start in the the process of initiation. Mm -hmm. And people love feeling welcome. (laughs) People love feeling invited in. Mm -hmm. And a smile and eyes and body language are going to be your number one way no matter what the question is, mm-hmm. your number one way to do that. So I would initially start there. Mm-hmm. I would initially start these little micro ways. And then if you are in a situation of, let's say a very like daily situation, let's say you're going to yoga and you are going back in person. The interesting thing about yoga um, is when are those moments of connection? When are those opportunities, right? Because you might hurry there to get there on time. You um, roll out your mat. Everyone's kind of quiet. There's a few whispers of people that are already friends. Uh, You do yoga. You think everybody's looking at you, but nobody really is. (laughs) Everyone's concerned about themselves. Uh And then the yoga class is over. And people are, some people are rushed. They might've left early. Some people look like super zen out and they're, they're hanging out afterwards. So when is that moment that you can initiate, right? When is that yoga can be challenging for that reason, because there's not as much talking, but there's still moments Mm -hmm. that, that opportunity right there, sharing that space with people, it doesn't have to be a long conversation. Mm-hmm. It's as mm-hmm. you two are putting your shoes on, rolling your mat out. It's coming up to someone and being like, whoa, that was an amazing mm-hmm. class. Um, and I just wanted to introduce myself. I'm Alex. I know you've come to Jane's yoga class a few times, right? Or <laughs> am I mistaking you with somebody else? Like, we don't have Aww. to make this a very overcomplicated question. The number mm-hmm. one tip here, I'm hoping this, re- like people are hearing this, is initiating mm-hmm. because nobody does. Mm-hmm. Hardly anybody does. So the activities that you're already doing, there are a huge amount of people, beautiful people mm-hmm. that are too afraid to come up to you as well. And all you need to do is help break down that barrier. And it's okay. They might. Be in, you'll know if they're in a zone 
you won't go and interrupt somebody whose <laughs> eyes are closed down on the mat still. Someone who is kind of like still there, but not running away mm-hmm. is creating a space for you for a little micro connection. And that might help continue the conversation. If you're putting your stuff together, you know, putting on your shoes, you can be like, what are some, are you going to any yoga events this summer or any other type like uh, body work things? Like, do you have any other, Mm -hmm. just kind of curiosity, like you seem like you're really athletic, like what else are you involved in that's really bringing you joy um, for movement lately? I key things in that ask. Number one, you aligned it with an activity you both are at. So there's that common kind of interest. Two, you made it about them, right? Because who doesn't love talking about themselves? And three, um, you didn't ask what they do for work. You didn't ask, like, mm-hmm. where do you live? Mm-hmm. Where are you from? Instead, you kind of helped them stay present and conscious and be like, like, what else are you, what's bringing you joy Mm -hmm. in regard to Mm -hmm. something specifically? And we just shared this event. So I just kind of, I even got the image. I don't know about you, Jane, but I got the image of this whole experience Mm -hmm. of what happens because I think a lot of people could look at yoga as like such a hard place to meet people because there's no talking Mm -hmm. Uh, most of the time, you know, some teachers have different ways, but there are, doesn't mean running after someone, (laughs) but even if you did a little bit, I have done that. I'd be like, I am sorry. You seem like a really cool person. (laughs) Next, you know, I'm not saying people have to do that. That's an Alex style. It's funny. There are beautiful, soft ways to approach this. And I think a great way to do it is some of the activities you might go to. And by the Mm -hmm. way, shopping at the same farmer's market is an activity, Mm -hmm. you know, um, walking your dog and meeting on a corner is an activity, Mm -hmm. like things that you already do initiating, Mm -hmm. um, literally walking up to somebody and then that can be hard and scary, but when you approach with a smile or a, a welcoming presence, it doesn't have to be a forced smile. And you, and you approach them and you just kind of like phrase it just to kind of feel it out, right? And see if they engage back and don't run away because they're running to work or something. You can then open it for just a quick two, three minute mm-hmm. connect. Mm-hmm. And if you're feeling that it went well and you are interested in getting to know this person, um, the next step would be a friend date. And also nobody does this. So, um, hey, after the next yoga class, would you be, want to grab a That is a lot of steps in, in one. And I would almost guarantee that anybody who's listening right now is like, Alex, cool. Why don't you just come hang out with me? <laughs> you just do this for me. And that is why I'm reiterating that you kind of need this little rev up stage for mm-hmm. a few days. That's mm-hmm. all. A few days. I love this. Um, so that is my suggestion. And then I have a whole list of questions. Um, one of my favorite questions uh, to ask people, which you wouldn't necessarily ask some random stranger in a, in like the grocery store, but when you are engaging with somebody that you kind of are interested in getting to know more, one of my favorite questions is what's something 
you used to do as a child that brought you joy that you don't do anymore? Oh, I love this question mm-hmm. um, because it gives that person a positive uh, feeling in them, and they start to reflect themselves. Like, why, why am I not like running around in fields playing mm-hmm. dancing mm-hmm. anymore? Uh, list of questions but in order to put yourself in the situations to feel comfortable to ask those questions those are the reality yeah you're like you got to practice first babe well and i love that question so much because it's like um your inner child speaking to their inner child in a way and like who little kids make friends so easily so that's such a like that that's like i'm like that's the only question we need especially because i want to just like recap the steps you've given us because you guys we just got like a master class from Alex seriously I'm like whoa this is landing so so deep you have to start practicing you have to start and it's it's really interesting how what wearing masks and kind of keeping space from people like changed things and you're making me reflect so much because whenever I tell my story of starting meditating the biggest thing I noticed was that on the days that I meditated and I was walking on campus, I would just smile and make eye contact with people. The days that I didn't meditate, I would literally watch my feet, not look at anyone, make my way there. And I noticed that, A, if meditating makes me smile at more people and notice more people, then it's helping me spread just like a little bit more joy throughout my day, which is only gonna like keep flowing and That was a huge inspiration for me to keep meditating because I was like, I like how this feels, you know, I like that I don't feel afraid to look people in the eyes, you know, and so, you know, pandemic ends, well, ends, I say with quotations, we're not wearing masks everywhere anymore. And I'm noticing, oh, I got to practice this again. I got to really practice this. And I just moved into a new neighborhood and it's a pretty conservative neighborhood. And I go on my walks every day and I'm really trying to break past these fears that I have that I am in this conservative neighborhood and then everyone's watching me walk down the street (laughs) and I'm making it a point. Every single car that drives by, person, kid, whatever, dog especially, I mean, who doesn't wave at dogs? I will, but even the big giant truck guy in the cowboy hat that intimidates me a little, I'm gonna wave and smile. And the best part is that every single person lights up a little bit and waves back. And I love, that's how I've started every day since I moved into this house. And it's really helping me feel like I'm in a warm neighborhood, people see me, it's okay, you know, I'm, I'm settling in. So I wanted to kind of like put that out there. This is a daily practice. When you are walking around, connect with people. Like when someone is checking out my groceries, I'm like looking at them and I'm like, what, what can I be curious about? Can I ask them how their day is going? Can I make sure that they feel recognized? There's certain people that don't feel recognized all day. And so that's our step one, everyone listening. Daily practice of eye contact, smiling, waving, maybe saying hello, super easy, but I'm noticing that like, it's a practice. Every morning I'm like reminding myself, you gotta wave at every person. And then the step two, I love so much what you said about the whole yoga class thing, especially because 
I'll be honest, I'm, I come from such a strict background. When I'm in my, go to, I go into a yoga class, I've got a hat on, I got my sunglasses on, I got my hoodie on, I'm rolling out my mat, I'm 15 minutes early, I'm getting warmed up, I am in my zone. As soon as it's over, I'm like, I'm out of there. And sometimes I'm like, I should be connecting with people. I should be lingering around. I should be, you know, when I'm, when we're all waiting instead of warming up and getting into my own space. And then I'm like, but Jane, that's how I like my yoga practice. I like being right next to you practicing and not feeling like I have to make conversation, but feel like I get to feel your energy and like be in that space with everyone. And, and there's connection there. And so I love that you allowed for that. Because that's, I'm like, oh no, I'm that person. Like, don't approach me in the yoga class because I'm so in my own world. Um, and the funny thing is that um, the other thing that you made me think of is at the Buddhist temple, we don't chit chat. Like my teacher always says, this isn't a social hall. And sometimes I'm like, but I want to get to know everyone. I have so many questions. But we still sit and meditate together for two hours. And we are, I'm, these people are my family. And I haven't had many long conversations with them, but the love we have for each other is deeper than any career or like personal life story or anything. And so I just really appreciate that you said like, just being in that space creates that connection. And I also, the other thing I wrote down is micro connections. Let's start there, you guys, micro connections. If you can't ask people how they're doing when you're just getting a coffee from them or, you know, just wave at someone on the street, then start there and then let that build and then go to a connection feast. Virtually go to Seattle. <laughs> a few things you pointed out there, like, like we did point out the fact that there are people that are going to enjoy different experiences in different ways. Mm -hmm. And the initiation you'll, even pra by practicing, you'll kind of know when an initiation might be more welcome. And it doesn't mean that anything about that other person that has their own way of practicing. Like Jane said, I love the concept of being able to share a space with someone. The cool thing about Jane sharing this experience is um, if you were to see Jane and recognize Jane in a different context, it gives you an overlapping, um, you know, thing to talk about. Do you go to the, you know, whatever yoga, um, who cares if it's, if the person is a yes or no, it, it sounds flirty and it is, you're flirting with friendship, right? Like it, it's, it's, and, and somebody, somebody says, oh no, that wasn't me. I, I hate yoga or whatever, which no one should say. No, but then, then you'd be like, oh my bad. And you look like someone. Okay. So what, maybe I've seen you somewhere else. Like for me, so there's just, it's just a way in. And mm -hmm. the cool thing when you keep your eyes open, you might recognize Jane in a different context at a different place where Jane might be in the headspace of a different type of connection as well. Mm -hmm. And connection feast, by the way, something we are going to be rolling out. And I point this out, not necessarily as anything other than different ways of connecting. I know Jane, that you host your own virtual groups. There are so many beautiful ways to connect with people and practice this in in with other people online. And of course, Jane and I both love in person. We met in person, mm -hmm. but there is a, and I might not have said this pre-pandemic, there is, I have created such amazing friendships mm -hmm. virtually and I have yet to meet these people in person 
Yeah. We send audio, you know, um, updates. We are deeply involved in each other's lives. And it's allowed me, me to connect in a much deeper way than ever before. Um, and I had to be open to groups. Mm. Something I like to push anybody listening is the concept of social wellness in the same sense that we invest in our own soul, in our own mental health, our own physical health. Um, there is our own social wellness and investing in your social wellness. If you are not investing in your social wellness, the way you are investing in other aspects of your life, ask yourself how you want to invest in creating a better, more connected life for yourself socially. And there's only so much you can learn alone. Mm -hmm. A a loneliness epidemic, even before there was a pandemic. Mm -hmm. But this is really hard to consume and understand. What you can understand is the fact that loneliness does and kill end up killing people more than smoking. Mm-hmm. It does lead to more depression and um, a lot of other health issues. And it, this isn't just thrown out there as a, I don't like fear factor things. There's so much opportunity for us to invest in our own social wellness in small ways and leading up to even beautiful invested ways that will not only change it will it will it will change your life it will change your outlook it will change the direction of how you're living but you do have to you have to put yourself in scenarios that are scary when you're building that social wellness for yourself if you get involved in groups virtual and in person you are investing in your social wellness you are investing in relationships single Believe me, I know what that's like. Been single a long time. Um, and I rely on relationships of all types mm-hmm. to support for me and for me to prove to myself that um, I can work on a lot of my relationship skills within community. Mm-hmm. But I've had to invest in that both with my time and my money. And um, that's been a beautiful lesson for me. So, Connection Feast. While the city feasts are super special, um, there are so many virtual opportunities. And yeah, of course, Connection Feast, but as well as so many other amazing groups and coaches mm-hmm. that, man, if, if, if we are great people, we bring in great people. You're a great person listening. If you get involved, you will align yourself with mm-hmm. these types of people. Mm-hmm. You are magnetically going to change the direction of your life. And I know it's I get preachy here and I mean it in a very meaningful way. I know Jane that you pointed out, um, we've been knowing the same people for a long time and I love that. I have dear friends um, for many years since high school, right? But something I did learn is at least with feasters that a majority of them have a handful of friends and um, including family of good friends. And a majority of them find those friends or find new friends through mutual friends. What a lovely way to meet new people. Jane, would you have, you and I met, had we relied on mutual friends? Mm -mm. We would have never met 
no way. Um, we had to go to Joshua Tree, <laughs> sign up for this workshop. We had to be very intentional. Mm -hmm. So if you are looking to improve your social wellness and surround yourself around people that will change the way you live your life with, and they'll change with you, you're going to have to go outside of those mutual friends. You have to go to potentially retreats, virtual you know, workshops, virtual groups, and push yourself to connect with people you wouldn't necessarily have the opportunity to meet or even know to meet. That has changed my life. Mm -hmm. That has absolutely changed the direction of my life. And I just want people to know that you have a choice of who is in your life. Mm -hmm. Wow, yes. Mm. As, you all can, as you all can tell, I've just, it breaks my heart. It like mm -hmm. breaks my heart to feel like people just don't, there's the, you surround yourself, you are the five people you surround yourself with. Mm -hmm. People are familiar with that. But when you see the statistics around that, that you're, you know, much higher percentage of being overweight or unhealthy lifestyles because of the people around you, for example, think about how that impacts the trajectory of your life and mental health in other ways. Yeah. Imagine being around people that had values with you and helped you become a better person. And that we have a choice on that. It's not necessarily easy, um, but it is much, it's very much available to you. Uh. I just love that preach, preach. And, you know, you're making me think like the biggest things I have invested in, like my yoga teacher training in Thailand, some of the virtual trainings that I've done, um, you know, the group coachings that I've done, it has created such amazing friends for me around the world. Like one of my best friends is in the UK. I have a few friends in Germany. I have all over the states and it kind of makes me feel like i got homies to hang out with anywhere i decide to go and yeah. there it's interesting how like i've made amazing best friends that i get to see in person online because because we were like magnetized to instead of always looking in my own community where you know we, we can find that but it's it's so cool things like art and you know the yoga teacher training i went to i felt like i got to just be seen so clearly for who i was rather than all of the projections of everybody that i already know and it helped me grow so much into the more authentic being that i am and now the friends that i've cultivated are celebrating me for the authentic being that i am they're cheering me on they want to see me grow they want to see me you know reach my highest potential and everybody needs friends like that in their corner and they're they're not always just the people we're around all the time and thank you for reminding us that you are the sum of the five people you meet because or the five people you spend the most time with because i'm preaching that all the time look around look around um oh my gosh okay i feel like there's so many things that i wanted to say but i have a specific question but is there anything else here hmm. I just appreciate that you're so clear about how important this is. Something that I teach a lot in my programs where girls make incredible, like we have such a strong community in my programs, um, is that we spend a lot of time on the root chakra, 
getting grounded. And so much about the root chakra is feeling like you belong in your tribe and feeling like you are cared for and supported. And if you live alone or if you live with just your partner or you live with just your parents and you don't feel like you have this big tribe that you can reach out to that really cares for you, you're not going to feel grounded. You're not going to feel safe. And so many of us are completely unaware of how isolated we've become. And so a big intention for me having you on this show is to like get these lessons, get these teachings. I hope the people listening are like getting that motivation of, oh, wow, I've really got to start working on this because you're absolutely right. It's a, a terrible pandemic, this loneliness. And I'm very passionate about reminding people as often as I can. Um, so the, the, the last like uh, very specific question that I have for you is that um, you said I was watching like all of your reels this morning, really, really spent some time learning. <laughs> It was really good. And one of them, you were talking about um, swimming in a smaller pond of fishes. Yeah. And I was wondering if you could expand on that for us. What does that mean? Yes. Okay. So it was regarding um, some of my tips for making friendships. Um, and I, I know that the, the example I gave was online at the time. You could apply this to, to in person too, or both. Um, if you join, I, I am a big believer that the riches are in the, in the niches and I know it's, it's niches, but it doesn't rhyme. Okay. The riches are in the niches mm -hmm. and I apply this, you apply this to your life in basically any part of it, but for right now we're applying it to building friendships. So you know that these quirky things about you, and I know you're thinking like whoever's listening, I'm talking about that thing you just thought of. Whether you're in to a very specific type of like fish, you like, you like, maybe you have aquariums and like, you think this is this weird thing about you, or maybe you like ecstatic dance. I love me personally. I'm a huge love ecstatic expressive mm. dance, or maybe like you are just into role-playing and you love to go to those fest Renaissance festivals. I don't care what it is. Level that up. Wow. Level that up to like a, a, a 20 out of 10. And you want to go find the groups of people that, that, that niche, that niche, go to those groups. So what does that mean you avoid? I personally am not a fan of generic meetup groups. I am with like new here, meet friends. Although I love it, I'm supportive of that because of, of the initiative. But what you want to do is go invest further into these communities where of these like quirky things about you because access to them like never before mm -hmm. and whether you're in salt lake or um, seattle or like somewhere in between in a much smaller cities there are virtual and in-person ways to do this so what you want to do in regard to this pond is if you go to just like plant enthusiasts meet up group you know that and is and something you can meet in town that's great that's a great start mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. even more so would be you know like indoor plant enthusiasts who like to decorate their plants even if there's three people in that group seriously yeah. you don't want necessarily a, a big group of people where you can have a lot of options mm -hmm. in fact you will you will have a paradox of choice you will feel like you are where's waldo right like you will be like walking around 
Instead, what you want to do is invest in those quirky elements about you by finding those like-minded groups or people and be in that smaller pond because it will be more rewarding, period. More likely to welcome you and you will more likely find people you align with or even one person Mm. or even just the activity. And so please, I just recommend that instead of joining these big things or just going to these huge Facebook groups or wherever, or even huge festivals, which I love as well, smaller is better for Mm. you. Um, Because you are do app dating, for example, and you're swiping away. And um, it's a similar experience. It becomes like just too many options of people and hard to find your people within that pond. Mm. So that is why, for example, I said, I'm going to drive, by the way, all the way to Joshua Tree (laughs) from Seattle um, and go to this because it's a smaller pond of like-minded folks. And that was my smaller pond. So, and I started at level one with um, authentic relating. Even if you're a pro in these areas, you're, you know, or you know something like, it's okay to be a beginner and start with other people because you will then have that experience with them, these smaller group of people. So smaller is better. Find the pond that you can be a bigger fish, you know, in that smaller pond. And I think that you will find it to be more rewarding and warmer water for you mm-hmm. than if you were to go in a large pond with just a bunch mm-hmm. of you yeah. know, fish. There yeah. you go. That was the lesson there. Such wisdom. And it's funny because I feel like I just learned this lesson because at my retreat, we um, usually have 16 people. This year we had 12. And, you know, Perry and I are like, where's the last four? You know, like we were kind of like, we were so dead set on filling all of the slots and we were like, where's the last four? And then we get there and we're with the 12 and it feels like it's only four less people. And I was amazed at the difference of the vibe that weekend. Every single person fostered a deep connection with every single person there. Whereas last year, there was too many people. It was too hard. Like the 16, I felt like there was so many more people around, honestly. This year, it felt like we were all so tapped in to like, I'm like 12 is like this sweet spot. Maybe even eight is like a sweeter spot. But so many of our return guests said, this feels so much more intimate this year. And we really, really like that you kept it smaller. And we were like, we thought that we failed. And it was actually such a success. And I learned so much like, okay, the smaller, the way better. So such wisdom, only just now discovering it. So thank you for that, Alex. That's, that sounds amazing. I totally agree. There is like this weird research on the numbers. Um, and I actually do think that 12, if I recall, is like a very magic numbers, you know, really? for, for small group meetups. Yeah, something like that. You're right. It does get to a point where does something to us psychologically that that mm-hmm. kind of overwhelms our, our nervous system. Um, but yeah, you're, we learn it in, in so many different ways. I don't know if listeners went to camp, but um, <laughs> I remember going to camp and thinking like, oh, everybody here seems like so nerdy. I'd like, who am I going to be friends with? And after a week, um, you know, you're like, these are the coolest people. 
ever. Mm-hmm. You're always, it always ends up being the right group of people. It mm-hmm. always ends up, yeah. and if it's not, you remove yourself, we're adults. Mm-hmm. But it, in my experience, no matter who comes to a feast, whether it's, you know, eight or whether it's um, 38, it's always the right people at the right time. And so know that if you're in those groups, you are also like, it is the right number for you at that time. So mm. I love that share. Yes. This, uh, I hope everyone is taking notes. Go start over, listen again, make sure you're setting like a plan for yourself, especially because it's summertime. We really are, I'm calling it the post pandemic era. I don't care who doesn't agree with me. Like it's time, I'm spending my summer socializing as much as I can. Like I am packing up. I, I'm even like choosing not to go on as many trips because I really feel like I want to be in my city and be in my community and cultivate that. So that's my intention for the summer. I think I mentioned it on every podcast I make. Yeah, I've probably mentioned it to you a couple times on the retreat we were on. Being in the Pacific Northwest in the summer, no way am I leaving. Yeah, no way. Oh. Like only I'm doubling the, I'm doubling down yeah. in, in being very social and intentional um, mm-hmm. here. So I feel you on that. So Jane is like, mm-hmm. invite Jane to everything, <laughs> you know, but, but she has the freedom to say no. And then um, mm-hmm. <laughs> invite, you know, put your, know that other people are feeling like that too, right? Mm-hmm. And that, uh, so it's cool to like even create that. I, I, I named it the other day, a friend luck, like a potluck, but it's oh, for friends. So I, if, if Jane and I lived in the same city, I'd be like, Jane, will you come to my friend luck and then bring um, a, a friend I don't know yet. Oh, and um, also a potluck item. <laughs> and, and together fun. all these different awesome people connect, right? Yeah. That didn't yeah. know each other. I love that. I love that. Okay, that's how I'm going to do my next party at my house. I'm going to call it a friend luck. And I wish you could be there. But the, the, one, the one plan that I do have this summer is driving up to the Pacific Northwest to be on the coast of Oregon and, and hang out there. Amazing. Yeah. Oh. yeah. I, I, can't, I can't go a summer without some, some Oregon in my life. So, yeah. The waterfalls in Oregon, the waterfall hikes, oh, mm-hmm. glorious. And like blueberry picking. I mean, yeah, there's, it's, I love them, my favorite fruit. Um, yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like, um, it does feel something different about this summer. Um, and if it doesn't end up being that summer for you, anybody who's listening, like that's okay too. I've, mm-hmm. I've like, it's not, but I do think that what Jane and I are both talking about is being very intentional and and creating Mm -hmm. that for ourselves Mm -hmm. and that is a big difference and it's scary it can be scary Mm -hmm. I'm going to an adult camp and I feel like I have to reframe this because sometimes I feel like when I tell people (laughs) that they're gonna like it what does that mean sounds kinky (laughs) yeah I mean like if it was like I'll double down on it but no like I'm open (laughs) I'm open to it I'm open I'm in but it's like an adult three days in the Pacific Northwest it's coming up in a couple weeks called Camp Raw, R-A-H-H, no affiliation with Connection Feast. But that's why I said, like, I support any organization oh, cool. that who wants to help adults, right? Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. adults like you and me create deeper connection with themselves and other people and creating spaces for that. So like three days away, like a retreat as well. It's not free. <laughs> it costs money, right? Mm-hmm. It's an investment of my time and finances to spend time with people doing a lot of awesome connecting, no mm-hmm. phones, um, no drugs or alcohol, which for some people could be a deal breaker. But for me, that's great. Mm-hmm. They have like all the food taken care of the lodging. It's kind of like a retreat, but 
with a camp, like kid type, you know? So like, there are so many ways, if it's not in your city or town, you could even fly into camp to to Seattle and go to camp raw. Like Mm -hmm. there are really cool ways for you to do that. And, um, honestly, like my number one tip as well, I like how I'm whispering this and only Jane can see that I'm covering my mouth as if (laughs) (laughs) giving a whisper, um, go alone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And after initiating is go alone. Mm-hmm. Um, it's so vulnerable, but you it pushes you. So like, yeah, have the friend luck, and or go to a friend luck alone, mm-hmm. um, or go to these events, go to cool retreats, show up at the virtual, you know, group experiences alone. Whatever you can do to test that muscle and continue practicing it. Oh my it's god, super super awesome. How amazing. How amazing you guys. That was, I, I feel like we just got like, you should, they should teach this in college or something. You should, you've got this down. So for everyone, I know that I actually have listeners that are in the Pacific Northwest. I have so much background up there. So I know homies in Seattle that are listening, you know who you are. I can see all your faces in my head. Please go see Alex and please tell her that I sent you. And I know you guys, yeah, I know you guys are going to vibe with our community if you're listening, obviously. Um, but also, if you want to do the virtual stuff, like, how can we come find you? Um, we will be posting more as well, just hosting a new virtual feast um, next week. I don't know when this is going live, but next week. And we'll do the virtual feasts about once a month. We also have game feasts. And we will be launching something called Growth Groups, um, which will be a really intentional accountability groups around specific subjects, mostly being um, friendships, how to make them, keep them, um, and then a sex and relationships group, and then most likely a men's group. And then we will um, also um, uh, be launching um, a training program for people wanting to learn how to facilitate deeper connection. Yes. That's what I'm like, where's the training? Where's the course? Yeah. Yeah. So, and you don't have to be uh, you know, a coach or someone who puts on events to take that, mm. that could be someone who's like, I just want to build friendships in my community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This because it's how it shows you how to be very intentional. So go to connectionfeast.com, sign up for the newsletter, follow us on Insta. I am brand new to, to TikTok so much so that I like <laughs> haven't even followed anybody yet because I'm just, you know, trying to, trying to learn. Um, but hopefully we'll be on there more soon. And, um, yeah, follow us there. Shoot me a DM if you just are like, you heard um, this interview and I'd love to connect with you. Yay. Oh my gosh. Well, you've got reels down, so don't worry. You're going to take over TikTok very soon. Go watch all of Alex's reels. You're going to learn so much. They're on Connection Feast. We'll link all of your stuff below. And thank you so much for taking the time out of your Friday to come talk with us and literally giving us such a good lecture on how to connect. I'm so grateful. That was wonderful. Thank you. What an honor to spend this time with you and your community, Jane. You know, I I just adore you and your your light and energy. It's just, it's addicting. It's it's magnetic. It really is. So it's an honor. You're so sweet. Well, I am reflecting all of that to you, babe. So thank you so much. Okay, everyone. I hope you enjoyed listening. We love you. Bye-bye.